Mike here today. Uh, him and I have been friends for over 10 years. Mike has been an itinerant preacher and evangelist. Uh, he's part of a ministry called Cross Country Evangelism, and he has literally been on the road for 13, about 13 years. Yep, and Mike's the type of guy that, like, picture, you know, uh, you know a, a drill sergeant who trains his, his platoon and then goes out into the battlefield for years and then gets to come back on furlough once in a while. And you smell the bat, you, you have the smell of battle on you, Mike. And so if you smell that weird s- smell, it's the smell of battle because he's out there on the front lines. And... Uh, most of all, Mike is a man of God, and that's what I admire most about him. He is a, a bondservant of Christ, and, and he's following uh, the call on his life. And I'll, I'll stop there because I know he's going to uh, share more about his ministry and things like that. But why don't you uh, give a nice round of applause for our guest speaker, Mike Stockwell. Good morning. It is my pleasure to be here with you all today. I've got to meet some of you already, and I look forward to our time together and get to know, hopefully, all of you. We were out at the Point Pleasant Beach at the boardwalk the other night, and that was great. I got to meet some people who are like-minded in that aspect of being evangelistic, and uh, we had a great outreach there, it was preaching going on, gospel tracts. We really had a great time uh, serving the Lord out there. And that's kind of what the, the message uh, that, I'll, that I'll be bringing you today is, is basically about the, the Great Commission, what God has commanded us as Christians, what we should be doing. Uh, if you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Acts Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you enough about me. Let me tell you a little bit more about me real quick before we go there. Uh, I'm my, I am cross-country evangelism. That is the ministry that I'm part of. Uh, Robert Gray is a, another brother. He's a retired major. We, our, our ministry is to go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's what we do. We go out into public forum and we preach God's word. It was uh, 2009 that the Lord laid it on my heart. Every time I read, it said, go ye therefore, or go into all the world. That go just kept getting bigger and bigger. And I finally said, Lord, here am I, send me. And I cried out to God before that because I wanted, I didn't want to waste my life. I got to a point where I was saying, Lord, what can I do with the time that I have left? I don't know how long I have, and I want to you be used by your for your glory and use my time wisely and i and he heard my cry and and this is the ministry that he gave me so in 2009 april 20th i went on the road with the blessing of my church and people prayed over me and i sold everything that i had had $600 in my pocket and a $350 car <laughs> And I trusted that the Lord was going to provide all of my needs. And, and he has. He's been so gracious to me. He has supplied my needs. And I, I just know that. So I stepped out in faith, knowing that, that he's a God who who's, who's, takes care of his people. And he did that with me. And I put my hand to the plow and I haven't looked back. And I'm hoping that he's got a lot more years uh, ahead of me to go do what I've been doing, and that is serving him and, and being a, 
a witness of, of what Christ has done in my life. So now we can get to Acts here. We're going to read from uh, chapter 8, the first five chapters, I mean the first five verses. Chapter 8. And it says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. So I know that Pastor Pat has already been in Acts, so this will be a refresher course for you. That We're going to be in Acts for here a little bit. And I think it was Richard Baxter who said that uh, repetition screws it into our brains, screws it into our minds. So we'll go over it one more time here. And we're in Acts, and we know how the, the, the book of Acts started. Uh, we have the, the birth of the church, triumphant. And we have Jesus, he leaves them his last known words. He says to them, ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. And that's exactly what they did. If you read through the book of Acts, you see a lot of evangelism going on. We see them spreading the word, not only spreading the word, but spreading the word of the risen Savior. It's preaching about Christ and what he had done. And they were eyewitnesses of him. And this is what the church was created for. The church has always been the church that goes out and and preaches and talks about Christ to other people so that they can grow the church. And that's how the church grew, by going out and doing this. That's how believers talk to other believers. And that's how they become believers. So we have to remember that this was the mission, the marching orders of the church to be witnesses as Jesus said, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is our command to do. But before we go and we look at evangelism, let's look at the book of, the, of Acts, but it was also known as the Acts of the Apostles. So let's look at some of the Acts of the Apostles. What were some of their acts? Well, first off, we see that they were of prayer. Listen to this. It says, in chapter 1, verse 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They were prayerful. And as Christians, we need to be prayerful. We can't go out and do these things, these great tasks of preaching the gospel to people and not do it prayerfully. We have to be led by God's spirit and in prayer. In chapter 2, it says, it says right here, it says, and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. They were very prayerful. They knew it was important. We see in chapter three, Peter and John are going to the, the hour of prayer. 
In chapter 12, it talks about they were at John Mark's house praying for Peter. And what happens? God answers their prayer and they don't even realize it. He's knocking on the door. So it was very important. And for us, it's also very important to be prayerful. So one of the acts of the apostles was prayer. Another one was that they preached and evangelized. They went out. They was, we just read there. They were scattered abroad. They went everywhere preaching the word. And that you look all through Acts. That's what they did. They were evangelistic. The apostle Paul, who was Saul that we saw, he was wreaking havoc in the church. But what does God do? God changes his heart and says that you're going to suffer many things for my sake and you're going to be a, a vessel for me. And that's what God requires from us is that we are vessels that can go out into this world and tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ and what he has done. So they were prayerful. They prayed. They preached. They were evangelistic in what they did. They also were persecuted. And we, we read that too. That when you are a, a evangelistic, when you are witness in this world, you're going to get persecuted, just like the, the apostles did. We see they were, they were beaten. They got thrown in jail. They were persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. They were told, don't speak in that man's name. And that is what's going to happen with us. And I, because I, I don't want you to get the wrong impression of when we talk about evangelism, that it's just going to be all genteel and rose water when we go out there. No. You're going to encounter people and who are not going to want to hear about their sin. They're not going to hear that Jesus Christ is the only way. And you will be persecuted for that. But what happens? So even though they were persecuted, they knew they had the gospel. They knew they had the power of God. So they went out and they preached it. And they, the last thing that the apostles did was they persevered. Because they went out there knowing that this present suffering that they were dealing with, these persecutions, temporary persecutions, were nothing to be revealed for the glory that was going to be revealed to them. They knew that it was Christ who strengthened them. They knew it was the Spirit of God that empowered them. And they were able to go out knowing that, that this world... Is, is fleeting, that it's such a short time, and that what matters is getting the gospel out to other people so that the church would grow. And that's what they did. They were faithful men and women who, though the persecution came, they didn't shy away, they didn't back down. They were bold witnesses for the risen Christ. So let's look at the uh, first verse here in, in chapter 8. It says, Saul was consenting unto his death, talking about Stephen. We're going to jump around a little bit in these five chapters. And then uh, we see they were persecuted. But before we get to the persecution, I want to talk about the, the great commission, the evangelism. See, therefore, they that were scattered abroad whenever we're preaching the word, they, they went everywhere. See, the church has never been meant to be in a bubble. The church has always been meant to go out into this world. You know, some say, oh, we need to keep a strong center fortress. No, they were saying, no, we need to go out into all the world. This way we can reach 
the far places. Because what does Jesus said? He says, you're going to go to the ends of the earth for me. And we see it right here that just prior to that, it said they were in Jerusalem. They were in Judea. They were in Samaria. They were actually doing what God had said they were where they would go and what they would do. And they were faithful in that. The Great Commission is also the, the great commandment that we've been given. We've been given a great commandment by God to share the gospel. The acts of the apostles to go out. And he said this is how he's going to build his church through preaching. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear if they're not sent? They got to send preachers. And so as Christians, we can take this knowing that our evangelism is empowered by God. So what is evangelism? Well, it's carrying out the great commission that we've been given, the great commandment. And evangelism, the the Greek word is euangelion, which is just means the good news and Who's to go and give the good news? If not the church, if not Christians, who's going to do it? You know, many people say, you know, Mike, you're called to be an evangelist. And you're, you're, you may be gifted in that. But the problem is, is that that gives people a, an out. They think, oh, well, he's gifted in that. I'm not gifted in that. It doesn't matter if you're gifted or not. You may not be called to be an evangelist, but you're called to evangelize. You know, whatever your sphere of life is that God has put you in, I don't expect people to do what I did, sell everything that they have, pack up their car, and go and preach the gospel on street corners and in crowds. Although God calls men to do that. But God calls us all. He gives us all of that marching orders that we heard of to go and be witnesses into all the world. And whatever that sphere of life is, maybe you're a a mother and you're raising children. God has given you those children to evangelize them, to tell them about Christ. That's the the ones we want. We want our, our youth to get saved so that we raise up a generation of Christians with the way the world is today, that's what we want. What a, what a blessing you are that you can be a mother or a father and raise your children up in the admonition of the Lord and send them out into this world like arrows, tell, pointing them to Christ. That is a, that's a great opportunity that the Lord has given you with children. Your, your workplaces are opportunities to go and be faithful Come on, let's face it. You go to your work, you can hear a lot of other things. You hear a lot worse stuff. The guys talking about this and that that are vile or, or you know, something bad. And, and no one bats an eye at that. But yet, that's our opportunity to not be part of that, to show that we're different. I think Charles Spurgeon, he said, he said, when you go to a job for the first time, he says, you need to plant the flag that you're a Christian. And people need to know that because you don't want them coming around you and and telling you jokes that you don't want to hear. You want them to know that you're a Christian, not that you're better than them, but that the fact you have the truth, you have God's word and you love Christ and you want to obey him and you want to please him and you don't want to be like the world. We're different. We're set apart. We're the church, the called out ones. 
So, so we need to live before a world that is lost. We need to, to live it out and live out our faith before a lost and dying world. So whatever sphere of life that God has you in, we're called to evangelize. We're called to be the light in that. And so when we go out and we do this, we can know that, that God is working. But the problem is it says that, that less than 2% of Christians actually share their faith. I don't know if that, that's been a while. I don't know if it's changed. But from what I see when I go to small churches, I see if some of the people come out, not a large group coming out. So they say also 95% of professing Christians have never led anyone to Christ. And when I talk about that, I always say, whenever someone says, how many people did you lead to Christ? And I say, all of them. Because I'm bringing the gospel to whoever, wherever I go and whatever I do. See, evangelism is not just for the pastor. Although, you know, he told, Paul tells Timothy, he says, do the work of an evangelist. And yes, Pastors should be evangelistically minded and they do it as they can. And I understand that. But even that, we as Christians, we're to be that way. We don't, when we have a situation where we need to share the gospel with someone, we don't always have to go run to the pastor and say, Pastor, you need to go talk to this person. No, that should be us too. We, we have the duty and you know, like I said, it, it, you're, it, you may not have the gift of evangelism, but you have the command of evangelism. We're all commanded to be faithful in this area. And, and it's very easy for me to come into a church and kind of, you know, say you're not doing it or whatever. But my, my, that's not my goal. That's not my heart here in evangelism. My heart is that we have a certain amount of time in our lives, a, a very brief moment of time. And I think about the day, and this is what laid in my heart to startle this, is that I'm going to stand before God someday, and I'm going to give an account with what I did, with my time, with my resources, with every part of it, my tongue that he created. And I'm going to give an account for that, and I want to redeem the time. I want to be faithful. And I'm hoping that, that you think about that too. You think about... You're young. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Imagine being able to use your life to glorify God and to live for him and to preach the word and help people know about Jesus Christ and be faithful in that. And that day when you stand before him, when it's all over, you, you, what a life you're going to have behind you that you've lived it out for God's glory and for the, the fullness of his kingdom. Amen. And he says... It's our, our duty, but also because it's a commandment, right? We, 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 our command is to go into all the world. So what happens is when we are given this commandment, we carry it out, not so much out of duty, although we should. We should be dutiful. We're soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ. But we do it because we love Jesus Christ. It's a love we, that we do it for. And because he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So because I love Christ, because I, I love his word, I love everything about him, I want to please him and be honoring to him. So what do I do? 
I go out and I preach God's word and I'm faithful in evangelism. And there's such a, a peace in that, knowing that when you're in the will of God, like people look at me and say, poor Mike, you know, you travel around and you're on the front lines here. I, I live a, a blessed life. Why? Only because I'm in God's will. And when you're in the will of God, there's no better place to be. So he can stick you wherever he wants and you have peace about it. So, so where to be evangelistically minded. And I, when I say that, it's more than when I say about it, when I'm talking about evangelism, telling people the good news, it's a the truth of God's word. And because I, I, I love him and I, and I want to serve him, evangelism is not something that I do. It's something of who I am. It's my it's my nature now. I, I think of things as I'm going, like, how can I turn this conversation into the gospel? Uh, as I'm going, I hand out gospel tracts. It, it's just like ref, reflex now. And I'm thinking of how, however situation I'm in, how can I lead this to a gospel conversation? It's just what God has done to me. And I'm hoping that if you think about your life, you know, are you redeeming the time? Are you using your time wisely? Where to all be at this? This isn't just for the evangelist. This isn't just for the, the pastor. We're all commanded to be part of this. And when I think about evangelism, most people get scared and their heart starts racing when they think about these things. And I understand that. But what happens is, is that our fear of God should overpower our fear of man. And that's really what the, the bottom line is. Usually uh, people are afraid of what people are going to think. How are they going to respond? Get over it. They may not respond very good, but, but, we, but that doesn't stop us. We can't go. And I think the problem is, is a lot of times people go out already planning failure, thinking, oh, this isn't going to be received well. So I don't think I, I, I want to talk to people about this. And, you know, I had this happen one other time and somebody yelled at me or threw something at me. And I, I don't know. And we go with this failure already in our mind. And what I was saying is, yes, we're going to suffer persecution. But most of the time we don't. It's most of the time you go out like you could talk to some of the brothers and sisters here who went out the other night. We had a great night. People received tracts. People were talking about the things of the Lord. So it's not always like that. And then we have to be careful what our, our motivation is to be evangelistic. What is your motivation to go out there? See, what happens is if we make our motivation to go out just to see people get saved, well, what happens when they don't? What happens when people don't get saved? What happens when people curse us or say some evil against us for what we're doing? Then we're like, so what is it? What is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So my question is, what is the chief end of evangelism? It's almost the same. It's to glorify God. We have to make that our number one priority when we go out and we do evangelism, we talk to people. It's to glorify God. Yes, we want to see people get saved. Of course, we want people to come to Christ. 
But that's not our motivation in evangelism. Because like I said, what happens is, is when it doesn't happen, you start rethinking, hey, am I doing something wrong here? Well, no, you went out, you were faithful. You went out, you preached about Christ. You went out, you handed gospel tracts to people. You were faithful. You did exactly what you were, but, but you're not seeing results. And here's the thing. We're not result driven because we want to see it. Yes. And our heart should break when we don't. But if we go by our results and we don't see it, we might. Eh. Here's the thing. God is sovereign in evangelism. God is the one who is in control. The Bible tells us, it says in, in Jonah, he says, salvation is of the Lord. In, in, in John, he says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. It's of God. So here in evangelism, when we go out and we evangelize and we're faithful by doing what God has called us to do, at night, when we go home, we can set our head on the pillow, we can lay down, and we can go to sleep, and we can have a, a peaceful rest, knowing that it's not dependent upon us, but upon God, and he's the one who's in control of that. And he's the one who's, who's going to save people. He's the one who, who draws people. But like I said before, even though we go out and do that, yes, we will suffer persecution in our evangelism sometimes. Sometimes it happens. And we look at the apostles here, uh, right here in verse, verse 1. He says, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And when we go out, it's going to happen to us. And it's promised to us. Paul, he says to Timothy, he says, he says, you all desire to live godly will suffer persecution. The apostle James, he said, consider it not, uh, he can says, he's counted all joy, the trials, the diverse temptations that you're going to fall in. Jesus told us trials and tribulations. He says, you will in this world have them. Listen to what the, uh, the apostle Peter says. He says, beloved, Think it not strange the, concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Then when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of God and of, of glory rests upon you. On their part is evil spoken of, but on your part is glorified. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. We, when we go out and we preach Christ and we tell people about Christ and we are persecuted for it, we are glorifying God. We are bringing glory to God. And we all say, right, as Christians, I want to bring glory to God. And that's why he, he may do it through our, our persecution. And like I said, you know, to talk to people about being persecuted. 
We don't have it so bad here in America yet. I mean, it may, it may tur- take a turn, and who knows where we'll be in five years from now, what, what it'll look like. But even though we're not persecuted like that, we have to understand that there are people who are being persecuted in, in the world who, who are suffering for, for their faith. And they are being persecuted for, for the name of Christ. And we're to pray for those people. We're supposed to pray for the persecuted church. But even though when we go and we're not, we're not being persecuted all the time, but yet we may be. So we have to be ready for that. We have to be ready to talk to people and tell them the good news. When he says, Jesus tells us that when we do this, when we go and we are persecuted, he says, blessed are you. He says, blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my namesake. He says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. So we can be thankful and we can glorify God and know that, that this world is not our home, but we're being faithful with what he's given us. We have to understand as we go out there that these people are dead in their trespasses and sins. And, and our gospel will not be easily received because people have hard hearts, because people love their sin. We have to remember that we're preaching as dying men to dying men. So our evangelism has to be the word of God. We have to stand upon God's word. We have to know that that's, that's our only hope. So our method is to basically go stand and speak. And we want to make it easier in our evangelism? Go speak. And you want it any easier than that? Speak. <laughs> but that's it. Because what happens is, is if we start using other means, then we start to, to actually deteriorate the gospel. We actually deteriorate our evangelism. See, people say, you know, let's have a, a purpose-driven barbecue. Let's have a purpose-driven pizza party. Now, I'm not against that. I'm not against having pizza parties or, or barbecues. The, but the question is, are you sharing the gospel? See, if you don't share the gospel at the barbecue, you're just having a barbecue. We need to be thinking about the gospel as we do these things. A lot of missions nowadays is just going over to some foreign country and building a bathroom or painting a a church house. Those are nice things, but that's not missions. Missions is to go like these men and women here did who are scattered abroad, went everywhere, preaching the word. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be preaching God's word. He says, Marvel not that the world hates you, it hated me first. Jesus reminds us in all of this that we will suffer persecution. But, uh, but we doesn't change our method. It does not change. We stay focused. We stay on what God has called us to do. Martin Luther said, he said, he said you should preach in a way that people either hate their sin or they hate you. And they're going to. So once we understand that, that we can go out 
But we go out not in our own strength evangelizing and doing these things. We go out filled with God's Holy Spirit, just like these men did. These men and women were filled with the Spirit of God in, in Pentecost. We see Peter preaching. Why? Because the Spirit of God fell upon him and over 3,000 people were saved. And then it says later on, it says, and daily they were being added to the church. There were thousands of people by the power of God's Holy Spirit And we have to remember when we go out there, we have that same spirit that's dwelling in us. If you're a Christian, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And we can go out there and tell people the good news of the gospel. And I was saying before, that good news is found in Jesus Christ. It's not that that we were just talking about that the thing God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. That's not the message that these men were going out. If you look in the the book of Acts and the Acts of the Apostles, they talked and told people to repent. Repentance was so important. Jesus' first thing, he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Repentance is so important. We can get into the, the other part of it, yeah, God may have a wonderful plan for your life, and that may be to go to a foreign country and, and lay down your life for him. That may be God's wonderful plan. Look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, he was, wrote the, the Bible, most of the New Testament, in prison. Was that his wonderful plan? Yes, it was. And if you would have asked him, he said, I count it all rubbish for the, for the sake of Christ, to know him. And is that our hearts in evangelism? That we're willing to throw everything aside and be embarrassed and looked at as a fool. But if I'm a fool, I'm a fool for Christ. So we we don't change the, the method of our evangelism. We go out, we tell people about Christ, we preach God's word, we lay out the scriptures to them. And that's what we do. And we point them all to Christ. We talk about Jesus being the message of the gospel. See, that's our message. It's the gospel. But more centered than that, it's Christ, our message. The Apostle Paul, he says, I determined to know nothing among you, brethren, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He says, we preach Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. It's a foolish message. The Bible tells us to this lost world. It says it's foolishness to those that are perishing. But to those that are being saved, it is a power of God unto salvation. We go out there with the message of Christ. It's the power of God. It's going to convert people. It's going to change them. It's going to. They're going to hear the gospel with the, the, the call, the gospel call, which we, we go out and we, we talk to all men and women about the gospel. We proclaim it to all. But we know that only the ones that God has put his, his sovereign electing love upon are the ones that are going to respond. They're the ones that are going to come. He says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. See, when we go out there, we we can have faith and we can have 
The power that when we go out and we talk to people, when we go out and we preach the gospel, when we go out and we evangelize, we know that his sheep are going to hear his voice. So we cannot lose. We have the victory when we go out there. So there shouldn't be anyone here who's, a, who's afraid because we're not going out with some man-centered gimmick, but we're going out with the power of God, his word. It's a two-edged sword and it's powerful. So we can go out there and preach about Jesus Christ. That is our center message. Well, we have to talk about the hard things, though, too. We have to talk about sin, righteousness, judgment, heaven, hell, death. We have to mention those hard things. But uh, John Calvin said, Christ is what God wanted to say, and Christ is how he said it. And that is our message. It's Jesus Christ. You know, and Spurgeon, he said, he said, if you don't have any desire to see others saved, he says, you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. So we need to check our hearts. We need to check how we're doing it. We need to check why we're doing it. And we need to tell people about what the message is. The message is of Christ. And you can do that fast. You can do it slow. You, have a, you can have a longer message. But basically, no matter who you're talking to, when you're talking about the gospel, you want to get to Christ. That's the most important thing. Spurgeon also said, he says... When you're done preaching about Christ, he says, you're done preaching. Christ is the center of our message. And we, we talk about his death, his burial, his resurrection. We tell people about who he was, that he was God who came down in the flesh. And he, and he gave his life. And the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of of God in him. And we can tell them that if they put their faith and trust in Christ, that there's hope and forgiveness of sins because Jesus said, he says, I pour out my blood for the forgiveness of sins. The, John the Baptist said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So we have to get to Christ in our evangelism. We have to tell people the good news of the gospel that, that yes, people are in sin, and it's loving to warn them. See, people say, you know, they want to tell them about the love. Yes, but love warns people. Love tells the truth. It rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. And Jesus said, he's the way, the truth, and the life. So we have to look to Christ in our evangelism. We have to remember, too, we don't have a lot of time. Think about the urgency. Christ came to this earth. He had three, actually, he had, his ministry was three years. And what did he do? He said, I must work while it is day because night comes when no man can work. I must do the work of him who sent me. And that is us also. We are to be doing the work of God who has commanded us the great commission, the great commandment to go into this world, to be witnesses. So we have to work like it's the end. This, this life is fleeting. I look at my life and I think about where did 50 years go by? I mean, it's a blink of an eye. And how long do I have ahead of me? I don't know. That makes that time, 
that I don't know about makes now very precious because I don't know what I have. But because of that, I want to live my life with my eye on eternity, knowing that this is fast going by. And then at the end, I won't look back and have any regrets for the way that I lived my life. And I'm hoping that you too could think about that. So in conclusion of this, I want you to understand that these men and women were, went everywhere. They were scattered abroad. Philip went down to Samaria, just where he was told Samaria was one of the places that before Christ left, he said, you're going to go down. And he preached Christ unto them. And that's what we need to do in this world. We need to go and preach Christ unto this world. They're perishing. They're dying. Look at, look at our world, how, how confused. We were at the boardwalk and our brother had, what are you confused about? People are confused about a lot of things in this world that they shouldn't be confused about, but yet they are because the world has blinded them and, and confused them. But we have the truth and we can go out and do this work that God has given us. How? We have to look to Christ. Look unto Jesus. That is our first and foremost thing. We can't do it in our own strength. We have to do it led by the Spirit of God. And Christ says, without me, you can do nothing. He says, abide in me and I will abide in you and you will bear much fruit. So our hope is in Christ. So even in our, when we go out and we do this, we can do it knowing that Christ is the one who has commanded us. We can go by the command of Christ. By the spirit of Christ. We can go in the power of Christ. We can go for the glory of Christ. That's why we need to do it. We need to go out and do this. And he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Let us be steadfast and move below is abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's keep our hearts and our minds stayed on Christ and he will keep us in perfect peace. Let's take up our cross, deny ourselves and follow him. What a great day that's going to be when we get before the throne of God and we had a life that was spent for the kingdom of God and for the glory of Christ. What a great day that will be. I hope that we think about what are we doing with our time and are we being faithful with what the command that God has given us to go into all the world? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness and your kindness. We thank you for, you give us everything we need for life and for godliness. Lord, let us be faithful. Let this not be another message of evangelism, Lord, but let it be pricked to the heart that we Look about our time and look at what our life is and what are we doing with it, that we would use it for your glory and for your kingdom. Let us be wise. Let us be like the, the virgins who kept the oil in their lamps and thought of your great coming. We do long for that day that we see you face to face. So bless our time today, Lord. May we have sweet fellowship. May Christ be exalted, I pray.